Welcome back to Queen of Just Kidding. Welcome back to Desperation Point. Um, I, I had I actually had to catch myself. I was talking to Allie upstairs, my wife, and we we're talking about things. Yeah, I'm gonna start playing. We're playing Queen of Embers. I'm like, shit, we're playing Desperation Point. Yeah. Um, I keep I keep forgetting. By the way, can you hear me clearly? Yes. Just, okay. Perfect. Um, yep. For our listeners, I'm having all kinds of audio problems tonight, apparently. So, like I did last session. Um, so uh, if I run into that again, uh, they're going to tell me, and I'm going to stop recording and have to reset. So um, we're on game session eight of Desperation Point. If you're listening to this, this is probably the final week of the Kickstarter. Um, I haven't told everybody else around the table yet. Um, however, uh, we have been we've had these episodes, sorry, sessions uh, on 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 Patreon, Patreon, patronizing, patronizing on Patreon. Uh, for the last seven-ish weeks, eight weeks now with this one, <clears throat> uh, not including session zero. And um, I was thinking uh, as kind of part of the promotion would be to move these over to podcast, like formal podcast on our Podbean uh, to use for promo purposes so people can see Flames of Freedom um, and how it integrates with Zweihinder, how we're going to bring these two different games that use the same mechanics together and form this tightly knit mesh uh, to kind of show how you can intermingle and intermix. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's you can, nobody can see this ridiculous into these better things. Um, now we're voguing apparently. Um, if somebody starts popping and locking, uh, that's a hat trick. <laughs> um, but I was thinking about sharing that out because I think it's an interesting thing to show. Um, we, we've been getting some questions on on the Kickstarter around is Flames of Freedom standalone? And the next question is, well, how compatible is it with Zweihander? And the answer is, well, it's powered by Zweihander. So um, this being the first quote powered by Zweihander game that's not Zweihander uh, will kind of be will show um, how you can use these games together to enter and co-mingle them. Uh, granted, each each game has its own idiosyncrasies. Um, so, like with what you're doing, you could what we do, we could literally cherry pick mechanics out of both systems and use the ones we like the best. So, we can kind of create this pastiche of um, game rules uh, for ourselves, and that's kind of the intention, the intentionality, I should say, of the way the Power Bytes Binder Game Engine is, is that you can take and pick and choose what you want. Like as an example, uh, with Mike's character Calvin, he has magic spells from both his Vihander. Um, as well as Flames of Freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I, uh, sorry. No, you're fine. Go ahead. Um, I think we're mainly playing Flames of Freedom with the exception of like, as far as what's from what book, uh, we're playing Professions from uh, Swihander. Yeah, Professions. Um, I think we've now made the switch to all Flames of Freedom weapons. Mm-hmm. We're definitely using the healing stuff, the journeys, the entry, the combat. Um, damage kind threshold. Of, yeah, da- I mean, yeah, I mean, we're using termination, damage thresholds, coins, beliefs and flaws, conflict, um, everything almost wholesale over in our Zweihander game, and it still works. Um, we really encountered any sort of weird, like, mismatches, save for perhaps maybe a few talents. Um, and we're going to see that. I mean, every every game has its own unique demands, right? So, um, the Zweihander obviously is like Grim and Perilous, dark, dark, dark. Um, and Flames of Freedom is a little more heroic. So, 
we see different approaches um, and because every game has its own demands, like I mentioned before. So it won't match up perfectly, but it'll be within 99%. Um, that was kind of the design intention to ensure that it can be used in that fashion. So, yeah, so for those who are listening, um, I, th- I think, I think um, we're going to use this for promo purposes, um, but also as a way to show off some cool stuff uh, that Grim Parallel Studios is doing. So, um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it is the fourth week of uh, the Kickstarter for Flames of Freedom. If you haven't backed, please back. If you can't back, help share it out. Just go to flames.zvihinder.game. Um, Mike's Mike, I'm gonna hold Mike's feet to the fire to pledge before mm-hmm. the end of it. He has to. Um, I've told, I've threatened him that I won't give him physical books or any of the cool dice and shit when we unlock it. And that's I'll probably crazy. swing in like I did last time at the very end. <laughs> I know. Right? <laughs> we got an hour left. All right, now oh, I'll don't pledge. feel so bad, Mike. I haven't pledged yet either. No. I, 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 was I, getting, I was just gonna get around to it. You know, I felt like an idiot. I missed the early bird by like uh, I think an hour because I was think, like, oh, I'll do yeah. it on lunch. Those <laughs> nope. two hundred oh, early man. birds went away Ooh. like in the first hour. That's how we hit our goal. Like seventy six minutes. Yeah, it, you can't yeah. even you can't even make this stuff up. Like so, I'm literally sitting in the office in our bed, Mike. Yeah, our, yeah no kidding. our our business development VP is sitting beside me and we're talking about the Kickstarter because this is the first Kickstarter she's been involved in and and we're just watching the numbers go like boom you hit funding and we get that email from Kickstarter it says you funded in 76 minutes and I'm like holy shit this is like kismet like this is a weird level of serendipity going on we fund the game it was called Project 1776 Online the original name for Colonial Gothic I haven't told you this was called 1776. So the fact that it funded in 76 minutes and it takes place in 1776 is just kind of this weird, it's serendipity, I think. Should have called it Project 17. It'd been a lot quicker. Yeah, and uh, was, wasn't <laughs> yeah. there an added added layer of serendipity as well by mm-hmm. who, who made that funding possible? Like the very last person to... to uh, I don't know who it was. Uh, Tim. Tim who? Coron. Coron? Wasn't nice. that? I could have swore I saw a screenshot somewhere of like Tim Coron like was the one that put it over the over the, the top. Yeah, over the top. <laughs> yeah. It'd be hilarious if it was. Uh, either that or I'm just imagining things. But I yeah. thought I saw <laughs> Let's yeah. just pretend because that's a yeah, way better story. We're just gonna go with that story. Yeah. yeah Thanks, Tim. Good. Cool right. story, bro. I'm gonna use cool. a coin and I'm gonna rewrite the stories. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna edit the situation. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, please do share out if you can. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff we want to unlock for you. And by the way, this stuff will only be available during Kickstarter. We're not, we're not doing a print run of pawns. We're not doing a print run of dice or maps or dice faults. Yeah, if we're not there, can dice. you guys get us to 125, please? Because I want the dice vault. Yeah, dice vault will be awesome. Um, and, and what what pledge level is it that you have to be in in order to get all that stuff? What's the what's the minimum pledge level? Seventy five or up. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, eighty five now. So it really should have been seventy six. Oh, I feel like you missed a thing there. Now. I know. Yeah. I None know. of y'all got in on the seventy five, but it's eighty five <laughs> now. It may be more. I don't know. Did you put a limit on how many backers you could do for eighty five level? No, it's unlimited. The the I'll I'll tell you. So this is a little bit of kind of you know how the sausage is made, but. The, the hope, so I'll, 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 first off, I'll caveat this by saying that the financial model for this Kickstarter is to provide all stretch goal, physical stretch goals items for free. So that means we can make a million dollars, right? 
top line. But but we're not going to make more than our, our actual net profit is a go ever go up because we it only goes up like incrementally tiny minuscule amount because you get economy of scale the more things you make at once. So to give you an idea, like the difference between raising $60,000 on Kickstarter versus raising $200,000 on Kickstarter is literally a difference of two to 5% revenue because you still have to produce, you still have to produce those things. And the fact of the matter is that the numbers are so infinitesimally small because they're not doing a full like quote print of all these objects, they're all bespoke. Every item is bespoke that's being made for this Kickstarter because there's two Kickstarter models. There's one where you do like Deadlands, which is like, we're making all this stuff, you're gonna pay for it, it's an add-on. Then there's our model, which is like, it's super organic, it's like, you're along the ride with us. It's, it's like, this is the only time this stuff will be available because we are not going to make this stuff again. So, and we thought that would be a smart thing to do because then one, it gives something, people something really special to walk away with. Um, and two, the hope is, you know, um, that people will move from $50 to 75 or 85 once they start to see more things unlock. Because as an example, today, today, co- campaign coins unlocked, which has, an, I think it's an MSRP of $20. Hmm. So moving from 50 to 75 is not a lot when you compare it to the MSRP of the coins. And I think the more things we unlock, the greater MSRP value there is. In fact, hmm. I think, I think, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I don't have it up in front of me, but the MSRP of the $85 pledge level at the end of it's $365 because Andrews McMeal is eating the cost of producing all these objects based on the revenue. Cause we're not doing one thing. We're not doing the deadlands route. No, 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 no um, offense intended, obviously, but it, that manner works. But we wanted to do something that felt more like the first Kickstarters, which is like, come along with us for the ride. We're going to give you some free shit. Um, we're going to pay for it uh, based on the amount of revenue we earn and make better quality things like all of our objects upgrade. Um, bigger maps, uh, dice tray turns into dice vault. Uh, our standard custom dice turn into metal dice. Like all these things are kind of built that way because we thought it would be a really fun thing to do and kind of um, because it's fun. Um, so yeah, so that, that, you know, the inside the sausage that, or how sausage is made that, that conversation is over, but yeah, pledge, please pledge. So I'll, I'll stop my spiel. Um, I want to play some desperation point. I don't know about you all, um, but I want to play. So the first thing we need to do, uh, is we're actually going before we roll into dice, we're going to talk about the previous game session. So let's do our kind of pregame ritual, which is let's, let's have a group conversation about what happened in desperation point in session seven. Sometimes it's easier to start with the end and then go back to the beginning. Like where do we end last game session? Uh, we ended it uh, at the, the two plinths that were statues, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, familiar. They were statues to the crouching one um otherwise known as the poison cradle um and i could have swore that uh oh never mind that's completely aside uh so the uh uh we all gave some offerings to the uh uh poison cradle so that uh not so much as worship but appeasement yeah i i seem to recall that too Mm -hmm. um yeah, I think yeah. you had done that. Um, what what led you to that point? Uh, we 
originally came up here so that we could uh, try and get Collinsworth uh, his uh, side quest and, you know, um, <laughs> Clumsy could build his uh, reputation with Collinsworth, you know, uh, uh, gain that that trust level, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and uh, unlock those dialogue options, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, the romance option. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> The who romance knows? option, yeah. <laughs> um, who so, knows? <laughs> the, uh, yeah, so we, we went over here to uh, try and uh, fetch ourselves the painted horse, which is a storm horse. Um, and so uh, that way we can bring it back to Sten. Yeah, that's right. What are you bringing the horse back to him for? Uh... I remember it was because I needed to prove myself mm -hmm. to him somehow. We wanted to build a good relationship with these outcasts because they're another power group in the area that we will likely run into more often if we live in Stonehold. So we wanted to have right. a good relationship with not only the Green John, but also uh, these Grawlstead outcasts. Right, yeah. Um, that way we're not relying on one person yeah yeah that's right that's, faction. that's what i seem to recall too yeah so you would <coughs> i'm diversify the portfolio yeah well, <laughs> yeah well you had heard you had heard like coming to here you heard a little bit about like what this place is like talk to me about that like where you're going like what what do you know about it what did you learn we're going to the happy valley through the snowberry pass um, and then there was a place called Swordgrave along the way. Um, we heard that was particularly dangerous there. Because there's lizards. Large lizards. Is that and where the dragons were? When they said large lizards, so that kind of... Ye old lizards? Yeah. Uh, old, old stories. Um, in yeah, fact, those old stories tend to drag on. Yeah, I think I think uh, in fact, this, this converse I know right. Uh, they technically they, they did. They started uh, before recording. Yeah, yeah, they started recording. So it's minus fifty reward points now. Um, this is a this is a wash. Why are we even playing? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I seem to recall that you may have actually spoken with Tuck a bit about this because he was out here. Yes. He was like ranging after Abigail. And reported a little bit about kind of what's out here. What what's beyond the val? What's beyond Snowberry Pass? Like, what did you learn? This, who's who's but who's in the Horn Society? Like who? who Dun Swanton, the the another castle, is supposedly up there somewhere along the way. Um, and from this far north, we'll be able to see the Vale or Aurora, the as we know it in our world. Yeah, uncurtain. That's right, and I think if we, if I'm not mistaken, we had, yeah, we like, like Adam had mentioned, we had stopped right at those statues and made an offering, and then Osbert made an offering, and that kind of went <clears throat> oh. south. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I think we'll just pick right up where we left off. So uh, everyone gets fifty reward points. Um, let's go ahead and roll our initiative ladder real quick if we could please <clears throat> we'll get this established 
watching. I am watching roll 20 for your rolls. So roll your initiative up and we'll get recorded. Oh, God. <laughs> wow. Okay, so Calvin, you have 10. Kay, you have... Second, I didn't put the ad. Oh, uh, okay. What do you have? I was doing, I was doing the uh, coins. Uh, okay. Yeah, same here. Oh, you're uh, so we're doing initiative, like I mentioned. Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Do yeah. initiative oh. here. I did a oh, D6. Yeah. Oops. Let me. Let's try that again. Yeah. Try that. Get your get your initiative running here. Um. Squipples seventeen for Keegan. Dang, I change that name. Damn. Fifteen. Nick. Fifteen. Same as last time. Yep. Yeah, um, I don't have Collinsworths. Oh no, I do. Here, you're 13. Cool. So yeah. it looks like uh, Adam. Yeah, Adam is second to last, um, and then it's all right. Yeah, then Calvin's last. Mm-hmm. So you roll for the coins now. Uh, yeah, let's a... go. Ahead. Let's go ahead and determine our coin pool. Um, I like for somebody to track this. I'm not going to track the pool. I need somebody to take. Oh, I've got that. it. So I start with one coin. Now you have one. I see Osbert's roll. <clears throat> Calvin's got yet another another coin for you all. Another coin for you all. Look at that. So four. <clears throat> so it's one plus the number of players. Um, one goes into the historian's pool, and then one each player if they roll a one through five. So uh, it looks like you have four four on your side and one on my side. Um, we should probably make a token in here for this. There's probably a token somewhere for this. Well, I guess we can just take the tokens from. Uh, you could take the ones from the quick start. It's true. Yeah, I'll pour them in here sometime. <clears throat> so uh, now that we have the pools established. Uh, give yourselves 50 reward points, and let's just um, let's jump in. Let's let's play the game. So <clears throat> it was early morning, um, from what I recall when you had situated yourselves at the foot of the Horn Society. Um, and it is spring, obviously, but it's a chilly spring, especially this close to the mountain. Um, much like how, I mean, it is called the Horned Society, and it does, in fact, when you look toward the gray, steely gray peaks, they don't quite look like mountains as so much as they look like teeth scraping the top of the sky and disappearing beyond the clouds. Um, <clears throat> the, the the mountains look impassable. Um they're they're extremely tall and soaring. They almost kind of look like those weird Frank Frazetta mountains, you'd imagine. Um, they're kind of tall and sweeping like teeth. They look like horns. They don't look like you could pass them unless you were in the Snowberry Pass, which, coincidentally, um, you can see small blue flowers growing all along this path that zigzags up the side of the mountain. And you, of course, had paused last time um, in front of these <clears throat> squat, 10-foot-tall statuettes. Um, I call them statuettes, but really just... Well, it's like large Easter Island statues, and I'll put them up here in the camera so you can see it again. Um, and I'll show you a comparison of what a what it looked like compared to a a, a figure or a person. Um, so, if if this is you, right, just just the, what's above my finger here, here is the height of the statue. So they're huge. They're absolutely huge. To bring it a little closer here, they're tall and soaring, about twice the height of a person. Um, it was about as broad um, of these, this squat-looking animal, you think, with these hooved, with these hooved legs, and then 
with four sets of arms, both sets cradled, like holding their hands together around its great broad belly. And there's this kind of dog face on top of that with this weird kind of humanish looking uh, features. Um, before each of these two statues <clears throat> are these huge stone basins where most of you, or I think all of you actually made an offering to the gods of the north. Um, and you have begun to move your way up, up, up through the pass. Um, and it's in, 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 as you kind of get about a hundred yards up, uh, the mist down below obscures the valley. It obscures the cave where you're at. It even obscures the statues you had passed. Um, you find that you're f very quickly in, in high altitude as you begin to ascend through this valley. And of course, you're on foot um, because your hor it's, it's, horses would not be sure-footed at all in this pass. <clears throat> and you're kind of making your way through it. Uh, go ahead and spend a day's worth of provisions today if you would off your character sheet or off your horses, whatever it is. Um, sometime about midday, um, you kind of look beyond the horn society where you come from. You haven't quite made it through the mountains yet by any means. Um, you've not passed through them. But as you look down where you came from, there's just this blanket of clouds. Um, you've ascended so high and you're, you know, you could feel your, your bones aching a little bit from today's travel. You can feel, you know, your stomach's growling as you kind of munch on your provisions. Um, but you realize how kind of far away you are from the valley that really Dunmudra, Stonehold and everything else sits in. You just see this like miles and miles of clouds settle over this vast valley and you begin to realize how tall this mountain range really is. I think our map doesn't quite do it justice because <clears throat> the mountains, as you look toward the northeast, just stretch as far as the eye can see. Like this massive Appalachian style area with these tall soaring pine trees shivering in the wind, um, intermingled with these snow capped peaks that most of them actually are past the cloud cover above. So, um, it's actually kind of beautiful up here. Um, although the wind kind of keens through the mountains, kind of whistling, uh, and the edges are kind of sharp. There's not really, there's a lot of kind of rubble here and there. Um, if you recall, uh, Tuck had mentioned that like there's a real threat of avalanches through here as well. Um, there's still snow on the ground, not surprising. And uh, if you had crampons, it'd be a little easier to move around here, but um, the wind has been passing through this valley for so long that the snow that's kind of intermingled between the stones is just like frozen solid. Um, there's no real getting any good traction as you walk really carefully, holding onto your horse's reins to kind of keep yourself steady. Um, <clears throat> I need all of you to uh, withstand uh, the, tra the, the rigors of the travel, uh, making either a challenging toughness or a challenging survival. It's up to you. If you're using toughness, you're kind of using your body and your constitution to kind of withstand the cold and the travel. If you're using survival, you're just basically watching for the best places to step. So everybody make a challenging test, please. Oh, looks Oof. like we've got a couple failures already tonight. Super Reading Brothers. Oh, God. Three failures. Ah, ah, ah. Three, three failures. We've got somebody we're missing. 
I think it's Osbert. Success. Just barely. <laughs> nice. Is it? Yeah. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Wait. I don't see your role in roll 20. I see Keegan, Collinsworth, and Calvin. Don't. Oh. No. Uh, I rolled a 34 out of 35. Okay. Uh, just be sure to throw it in. Uh, a crit fail. <laughs> That's all I see in chat. Oh, no. I see the first one now. Oh, weird. Yeah. yeah. Look at that. That's lag. Yeah, that's weird. Thanks, some weird lag. <laughs> yeah, so we'll we'll assume it's the first one. So, yeah. <laughs> um, everybody else fail unless you want to re-roll using your coins. You want to do it? You want to do it? Uh, a little early to use coins. For yeah. I think I'll tough. Okay. All right. So, um, those who fail, except for twenty physical peril. <laughs> I can't even make it up. I only made uh, a ten and an eight and a two. So, yeah. Um, it's, it's hard road moving through the Snowberry Pass. Um, and by the time that night falls, um, you know, the sun is kind of behind you. It's settling back where you would come from. You can see it settling over the great valley in the mist of, of clouds down below. It's very beautiful. It kind of cascades kind of purple and pink off the top of these clouds as you can almost feel like you can see the world from up here. Like all is revealed. Um, you imagine that the cloud, there were no clouds down below. You can see all the way to Dunmodra back mm. to Stonehold uh, judging by how high higher you are. But as you look toward the pass, it just continues going up, up, up and there's more and more hardened snow everywhere um you eventually have to stop that day and you kind of build a bivouac along the the, i call it a trail but it's really just a it's demarcated here and there by these standing stacked stones like these rocks have been stacked like much like how trail walk bladers will kind of set those up they're also here too and you've seen no one out here no remnants of fire no no settlement at all it's it's there's nobody else out here um and by the time the sun sets um it gets really cold really quick um as you build your fire high um and of course i think you have a you have a tent to withstand the the wind Mm -hmm. um and some heavy some heavy furs and such so um it, it it isn't it is not an easy night of rest by any any stretch of the imagination. Um, in fact, uh, the only way you can recover to unhindered is if you spend a coin, otherwise you're imperiled when you awaken the next day. <clears throat> uh, now, are we still in the middle of travel, though? We're not in a travel sequence. Okay. So if you wish to spend a coin, you can do so. You can awaken to unhindered today. Um, but if you don't, you awaken to imperiled. I'm going to keep uh, pushing my luck and see what happens by awakening to imperiled. Okay. Same. Okay. Uh, what about yourself, Calvin? Oh, yeah, I'm awakening to imperiled. Yeah. Okay. Same here. Yeah. When you, when you awaken the next day, um, you're, you're, you're shivering. Um, you find that the, that the tent helps with the wind, um, but the cold creeps in regardless. And when you come outside, the fire is already dead. Um, <clears throat> Phineas is already kind of stoking it, trying to get the coals hot again, as Dr. James Coventry is trying to prepare some foodstuffs for that day. Um, and maybe, 
and I think it's probably going to be Keegan who sees this. Um, Keegan, as you're kind of walking away to make water, your morning constitutional whatever, um, you see this kind of where the path splits. Um, and where the path splits, you can see this old rusted saber struck into the ground, like into the earth. It's frozen into it. And you can see a few other broken swords that have been thrust into the soil here and there as well along the trail to the north. Hmm. So he kind of looks at it for a moment and then he recalls his map and uh, he steps back to everybody and as he's, uh, you know, assisting Coventry, because I am going to use my Feast or Famine this morning, um, he tells everybody, I, I think uh, we might have just been lucky enough to have found ourselves on the steps of what I think they called Swordgrave. Uh, if not, it, it seems quite uh, non-apropos that there's quite a bit of weapons that happen to be at our feet. And he points down the way, the path. You too can see a few swords thrust into the ground. You mistake them for being part of uh, the rocks where you're not looking hard enough. That's strange. Yes, uh, well, we, we were quite warned about a place called Swordgrave. It seems mm. only appropriate. Why are there so many swords all the way up here? Why do well, you know? I want... Because I remember um, when I, we were burying the the girl um, that I had noticed that the blue flowers were um, tended to grow where blood had been spilt. So there's blue flowers all around here, right? Yes. So it seems that there must have been some sort of battle here. Blood must have flown here. Who knows? Perhaps it is, is as cursed as Stonehold. Can you all hear me clearly? <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. I just muted, unmuted. Yeah, I mean, it's a good observation. Um, you can see little blue flowers are growing here and there along Snowberry Pass, like little clutches. Like they're not growing like a wild, like a field of wildflowers, but little clutches of little, little pale blue flowers kind of growing close to the ground amid this kind of, kind of, Naughty looking, rugged looking vines. Mm -hmm. They seem to grow here and there. Um, thus, why you people identify Snowberry Pass. Uh, in fact, it's the way you're able to find your way along it um, that day is by looking for these snowberry flowers. Um, and fortunately, they seem to grow in a place that has been tread by perhaps your ancestors. You're not mm -hmm. sure, but it seems to be a pa paved in the sense that it's been traffic traveled for probably hundreds of years. That's a good observation. Mm -hmm. Yes, I hear that they rode on steel horses or something, or it was because they wore steel and had horses. I don't know. I, I didn't pay too much attention to my history lessons. Were they wanted? Maybe. Dead or alive? That's 50 reward points minus. Keen's tracking it. Case hey, tracking no, no, no. That's three I thought times. Music, I thought music was up. Oh, yeah, and music is bonus. Puns right. is down. Puns are down, that's right. Yeah, music but that was okay. a pun to music, so does that's that right. equal out? I don't... That, that's a combo. I, I think. think I think the key I'm here... I'm lost on the calculations. The, the key here is to make it relevant. 
right? To make uh-huh. it relevant. So when irrelevant, minus 50 reward points. When relevant, plus 50. <laughs> <laughs> Kay's tracking it. I'm just saying. Uh, we're not mm-hmm. really doing this. But it is fun to joke about um, because I can see Kay roll her eyes. <laughs> Every time. Every time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, every time you say blue flowers, I get violins going off in my head. I know. I think of Cool Keith, too. <laughs> flowers! I oh, know. That was intentional. Um, cool Keith, he's half shark, half, half man. Um, but no, the, the, yeah, the blue flowers do grow here. And it's clear that blood has been spilt here. Um, and, and, and your mind kind of races toward like, oh, yeah, there is that passage in the Holy Librum about the Eridane passing through the mountains from the Andals Bridge at the first shore. Like, all these stories, like, bits and pieces kind of come back from your youth, but nothing that you'd immediately let me, like, oh, yeah, I can quote this direct passage from the Librum, unless you had a copy of it. Um, I feel like we're almost going on a pilgrimage or a reverse pilgrimage or something like that. I don't know. Well, uh, Osbert, go ahead and make a... Um, a a a uh, um, an easy folklore test. Easy. Can I assist, or is this not folklore. something I could this assist is, with? This is probably not something that you would know, but Osbert, sir. Oh yeah, look That's at that. Well, Osbert, nice. you've probably heard this <laughs> in the courts when you were uh, when you were still a japester before you turned nomad. As your new profession, <laughs> um, but you recall hearing these stories in the courts about um, the bastard king before he had sacked Kaltirian. This would have been a decade plus ago that he went on a pilgrimage to the north beyond the Horn Society and had passed through. A place that maybe be may be this place you you don't really know, but you know that he came back um, from the first shore, which is where reputedly beyond the Horn Society is where the Andals first came to this continent. Mm. That's simply called the continent. It was named by the by the Aridane, in fact, the continent, which meant not the islands, because <laughs> remember they came from the Forbidden Kingdom, mm-hmm. but. No, you seem to recall something about this, but nothing in greater detail than that. I regale my companions with such a an epic tale of kings gone past and days of yore and such, and how we how we walk in the footsteps of royals and giants and all that kind of stuff. Surely you don't believe in that malarkey, Phineas says. It doesn't matter. It's a good story. It, it it puts a spring in your step. It keeps you moving down the road. It it uh it makes you feel like a a king, a, a greater man than yourself. Call me a cynic then, or I am not amplif- inspired by the stories of would be kings, particularly the bastard king, and whatever he would call pilgrims, more like soldiers with swords in a cause. What about the chance to? make a better story than he did yeah. does that pique well, your interest <laughs> at least your imagination man come on <laughs> uh, admittedly maybe if I wasn't so damned and cold he says his teeth chattering yes I, I would prefer to have spring around me than in my step <laughs> need to quicken our blood I don't know if I have any quicksilver 
So what say you, Osbert? As uh, Phineas turns to him, shall we continue along Snowberry Pass on, to the, on our way to the Happy Valley, or shall we explore this sword grave and live following the trail of King, in the wake of kings and giants? What story will we tell when we return? I think we shall stick to the path at hand. I don't think any detours further north is going to suit the constitution of our companions here. Teeth chattering as they are, (laughs) including yourself. A weak constitution, he says. I shall make note of that. Is your stomach a bit sour? He says, this is actually really good soup. Hmm. I wasn't saying that so much as the cold, per se. So with Feast or Famine, Keegan, tell us about the ability. Uh, well, I failed it when I rolled it, but what it would have done if it had actually worked, I didn't critically fail, just failed. So I assume it's still food, it just doesn't give me the effect, which is um, you can attempt a survival or tradecraft test to cook for others if successful. A number of allies equal to your fellowship bonus move up, the, uh, up one step on the damage condition track positively and recover their peril condition track to unhindered, whether yeah. they're resting in a dangerous place or not, so which is why it, I did it. But. Yes, keep in mind that before you make any rolls in the future, that I need to call out your difficulty rating. Oh, so you want yeah. me to re-roll? I mean, nope, we can go with no, failed, it's but. done. It's, it's, right. you, failed, you failed it, you failed it. Just keep in mind that in the future, just let me know when you want to roll something so I can okay. assign a difficulty rating to it because it would have been easier with um, the help of uh, somebody else. So, okay. um, yeah, so the soup is good. It's warm, warms your belly. Um, you gather your things and... Uh, you're going to follow Osbert's, uh, you follow Osbert as you pass beyond this kind of detour. And you can see um, as you're walking by it, there's not just one, but there's many swords that kind of plunge into the ground here and there of different make and age. Some with broken halves, some with broken hilts, some of the leather is rotted off, uh, but all are rusted. They seem to kind of pepper the side of a mountain until they grow thicker and thicker almost like a thicket of weeds until there are so many sores you lose count. But um, you continue along the path of snow, on Snowberry Pass. Place is probably haunted anyway. Probably nothing up there of any use. <laughs> so um, you continue for the rest of the day through the pass. Um, and and it, it's it's hard travel once again. Um, you're getting higher and higher into the mountains, and the pass never seems to relent. It just seems to go up and up and up and up um, until you realize that you're surrounded by wind-hardened snow and ice everywhere. Um, all of you need to make a um, a hard survival or hard toughness test now as you're passing through this Snowberry Pass. Oof. Keegan. Not even close. Oh, Collinsworth. Oh, man. Well, there's another failure. Calvin. See if we got one last person left. Hello. Excuse me. Who has yet to roll? Uh, that's everybody. Yeah, oh, is it? Oh, weird. It may just went by too quickly. Um, okay, uh, nobody succeeded. <laughs> um, it's cold. It We're is made for very cold. cold. 
Um, and you suffer 12 physical peril today. Um, as you are among the pass uh, and, and things are getting cold, you come to a point where you realize the, 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 the upward <laughs> climb up the path kind of stops. Um, it kind of comes to this almost kind of carved out plateau um, in the rock. And you can look down into the valley down below. And, and this is about toward nightfall. And as this is happening, uh, you see it. You see the curtain drop. You can see the strange lights almost dropping like the veil, like some great stage curtain from the heavens, from the vault of night above, ethereal and thin. And it seems to to move and likes to ebb and flow with its own sort of strange um, heavenly harmony. Um, like it's kind of moving and waving and flashing to some song you cannot hear. Um, it's absolutely stunning to see as it seems to illuminate the size of the mountains as they're cast in. Well, if you can see my, my light here, um, that's, flashing between colors right now maybe you can't but um it's just kind of moving between blue and purple and red and green very slowly um, it's absolutely beautiful to behold um as you are now at the halfway point through snowberry pass you establish a base camp um here along this low plateau uh, where you can see this pretty perilous path winding down and um, kind of putting it out of mind for a moment. You you rest that evening. You build your fire high. You snuggle as much as you can into your furs and clothing inside the tent and share some body heat. And by the time you awaken in the morning, um, once again, unless you wish to spend a, a coin, um, you'll awaken to imperiled. I have a feeling we're going to need these coins. <laughs> I'm going to attempt to cook again, though. Yeah. Well, as you step out of the tent, Keegan. If I can. <laughs> yeah. I should say. You, as you come outside, um, and you're going over to where Dr. James Coventry is, he says, um, I, um, uh, I, uh, yes, I, uh, as he tends to kind of stutter and trying to find his voice. And especially in the cold like this, because his throat's cold, it's hard for him to find his voice in the first place. So he's really struggling. Um, I am, um, well, I'm Keegan. He says, he points, he like points. And as he points, your eyes kind of kind of turn about and looking South East down into the winding trail you can see this clutch of people. Um, there are about three of them, and they're just covered head to toe in furs. Imagine like Northern Inuit. They're covered in like these huge fur coats that drag in their wake, and they are they are walking with. They don't. They appear to be. Well, they don't appear to be armed. I mean, it's kind of hard to say because there's so much. Snow, you're being snow blinded to the wind. The snow's kind of blowing off the side of the horns, say off the mountains. 
um, and making it obscuring both you and and them. But they can definitely you can definitely see them from where you're at. Hmm. And there's three of them. Oh. Can we tell what direction they're heading, or are they just they're, standing there? Well, they're they're heading up the mountain toward where you're at, along the path, along Snowberry Pass on the other side, as if they're ascending from the other end. Okay, so they appear to be, like, approaching, though? Well, yeah. I mean, they're on the path. They're ascending up the path, not the direction you came from, but the opposite direction. So the direction uh, of Happy Valley. Can yeah. I attempt, just from the distance that I'm seeing, can I attempt to see if they appear to be, like, aggressive in their movements or they appear sure. to be brandishing some kind of weapon, maybe? Yeah. Uh, go ahead and make a... Um, Go ahead and make a challenging scrutinized test. Matched. Oh, no. There you go. That's nice. You're critical. 22 out of 60. Well, sometimes. (laughs) You get get those sweet mods on your, on your roll 20. I see how it is. Um, I don't know. Yesterday when I was playing flames, like I got two critical fails in a row. I know. I know. Um, <laughs> so you, you really, hmm, interesting. Um, you really can't tell, uh, if they're aggressive or not at first until you see them kind of move, kind of, they're kind of stag, we're doing a stagger step up the hill. They're just kind of trudge, 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 kind of like you were yesterday. Um, they look cold, they look frigid, um, and in 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 all three of them have a weapon strung to their back. Um and not ready. No. Uh, they're clearly bearing swords though. And they've got these kind of like walking poles as they're ascending the side of the mountain. Well, obviously knowing that um they see us because we have a gigantic tent um sitting to the side. Keegan's going to make sure to yell out, like, loud enough that the people in the tent could hear it as well. Uh, Hail there! Uh, friends, uh, what uh, what brings you this way? You, you call out um, as loud as you can, and there is this... Uh, they pause for a moment, and they look toward one another like you could see the hoods of their 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 heavy coats their heavy fur coats um look toward one another and and they kind of and they stop and they don't say anything back but all three of them draw these like huge curved two-handed blades and they and they scream something back um, but it's not in a tongue you understand. Uh, can I use multilingual then? What does multilingual do? Uh, you can communicate simple thoughts through hand, words and hand signals with races with which you do not share the same language. Yeah, you could do that. Um, what do you want to communicate to them? Uh, basically, we're peaceful. Um, can we just talk? That kind of thing. So you're holding your hands up and gesticulating in front of your mouth. Yeah, yeah, like... Yeah. Uh, you know, um, kind of pointing to the fire, like let's let's share our warmth, kind of thing. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. trying to be friendly. Yeah. Um. You you do that, 
and uh, they return something in a language you can't understand, and nor can you understand what they're intending with it. But they are now ascending the side of the hill with weapons in hand. Uh, can I attempt meeting of the minds to try to lessen their aggression towards us? Well, uh, sure. You want to get in uh, close enough to communicate with them because they can't really see anything from where they're at. Uh, I will wait to see if they get close enough then while making sure that once again, I'm still being loud enough. Like, cause when he's gesturing, he's not like silent, you know, he's still saying words like, no, uh, you don't need your weapons. And he's making sure that that's loud enough that once again, the people in the tent can hear, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, but he's going to wait until they're within what would be range of being able to speak. Or yeah. Do a compromise if you will. So explain to me what the, how the talent works. Uh, so I have two of them that can kind of affect this. One of them is meeting of the minds. When attempting to bring compromise between two extreme positions, you gain a plus 10 base chance to skill tests. Uh, and then the other one that might possibly help me is uh, silver tongue. When you attempt to persu- persuade those of a different social class than your own, you gain a plus 20 base chance to charm. Does anyone here speak Danish? I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think we wrote languages on our. We sheet, so. did. Yeah. Did we? Yeah, we did in the middle of a game session. Uh, I don't remember that, but okay. Hmm. Yeah, if we did, I I didn't. I'll say that. Yeah, me neither. Well, uh, <laughs> they stop and and they and they say out loud like in 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 clearly a bit of in broken in broken all they they say um you need to be on your way you need to you need to move on you shouldn't be here you're an outsider uh so yeah when like i said they come within range keegan will try to do a compromise or <laughs> reach an agreement with them so that we could pass. Sure. You make a secret uh, bargain dust. Bargain. Okay. Not term. All right. So then Doom. Silver Tongue will not catch in. That's right. But I get a plus 10 because of meeting of the minds, correct? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Clicky, clicky, clicky. And I assume everyone's out at the up and out of the tent by now. Oh Full yeah. Commotion. Oh nope. yeah. Nope. I'm still in the tent. Oh, are you really? Yes. Okay. Uh, and I've got uh, um, my hand on not not on a drawn dagger, but just on my dagger, ready to come out should it happen. I'm trying to remain as quiet as possible. Mm, okay. I got a 27 out of 70. Okay. They um. They once again issue. You need to be on your way. You're outsiders. You need to go. You need to go back. Go back to where you came from. Hmm. Keegan tries to. Uh, I'm not entirely sure how like a gesture would work for this, but he tries to kind of communicate that uh, no, we need to go forward. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, I mean that one's not really going to work for peace offering yeah. if I try to they, flip them off, they, whatever. But they they. They up res- yours. Yeah, they they kind of respond back um, at this pay play at this point. They're like, 
you're in McTiernan's land. You need to return, or we're going to have to take your horses. McTiernan, huh? Can I roll to see if I might know that name? Uh, no. <laughs> You've never heard of it in your entire life. Just to be clear, like, note skill tests will allow you to understand that. Okay. <clears throat> this is all mm. new information. That's fine. Uh, mm. So Keegan is going to, once he finally sees, like, Osbert step up, he's going to be like, I, I tried. They, uh, they're not too keen on letting us continue. Well... I guess we pack up then. We planned on moving anyway. Right, but I don't think they're going to let us go through, is what my point is. Hmm. Not if they have say about it. Yeah, they're they're armed with swords, coincidentally. There's no, no rifles upon them. Right. And I'm probably shouldering, like, the big Balinese Dunton Thorn. Uh, rifle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we do have the high ground. <laughs> do you feel threatened, Calvin? Oh no! I think but... we should. Th- I think we should threaten back. I mean, they could have come charging. I mean, they'd be exhausted when they got here, so maybe it's smart for them to come as slow as they are. But uh, I mean, I tend to not try to get into fights when I don't have to. Perhaps we can parlay with their leader. We just want to pass through. I'm sure you and Keegan can work upon that. I will uh, start packing our things. Yeah, we'll start packing at least um, because we're gonna we were gonna do that anyway. Um. So um, while we're doing that, I guess we'll wait for them to ascend the mountain. Oh, they're not going any further, just to be clear. <laughs> oh, so they've stopped where they are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. They've, they've kind of stopped at this point. They're kind oh, of just watching us to see what we do. I take yeah. it. That's right. They seem to be kind of positioned there, and they're not, they're not budging. I'm going to put my head in the tent and be like, you know, brother, it, it's going to be a bit hard to pack this tent with you in it, but uh, they don't seem to be coming up any further. Ah, well, then I shall get out and assist. Uh, I just wanted to give a, a bit of a drop on them if, if ah. they did come storming. No, I, I was picking up what you were dropping. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, I shall get to work right away. As, as we are working together to break camp, I turn to Collinsworth. I, how much Collinsworth was clearly not shirking his duties. Right, yeah. I, I didn't think he would, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, what, no, what, he what, do you, uh, what do you make of this? Do you, is, how much is this horse worth to you? These three men... Should, should we uh, go through these three men? Because I don't think that they're going to let us pass through. And they don't seem to be in the mood to parlay. Well, it isn't worth their deaths at at first thought, but if we don't follow through with Stem, then we'll have made an enemy that's near us. I'd rather have an enemy that's far away than an enemy that's near us, right? Well, uh, just just for note, uh, we 
when I spoke to Seamus, he also said if we should happen to find a stallion out this way, uh, of the same type of, of the mare that we're looking for, uh, he would also reward us handsomely. So there's one more thing to, to keep in mind, if you will. I do recall that. So, Calvin, Keegan, what do you what do you make of this? Should we continue onwards through these men? Keegan gets a deer in the headlights look. Ah, uh, 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 that's about it for about five minutes. <laughs> I wish Calvin were older, because then he could say, "I would carry on my wayward son," but. Uh... <laughs> Phineas will kind of uh, his eyes going to widen he says he we're going to kill these people I mean I thought the idea was we would continue on and should they attack us we will defend ourselves <laughs> oh you, so you know you... it is going to happen though he says if we take one step away from this camp down that way they will cut us down <laughs> they will try Hmm. Bold words for a japester. I haven't lived. <laughs> I haven't lived this long <laughs> to say. I, I would not second guess the Dunnish. If I know anything about them, they're not the only ones out here. They're only showing what they want us to see. Phineas says. Hmm. They're the type that do that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, he looks down there. He's like, well, you know. Beyond the Horn Society is where they, this is the place where they exiled the Dunnish that did not pay tribute to the Torque Lords. So those who were banished beyond the mountains were the Dunnish that did not side with the White Wolf. Hmm. Perhaps Swordgrave would give an alternate route to the Happy Valley. It's hard to say. Well, perhaps... I mean, this is a bit of a stretch, but uh, maybe they're not happy up here. And maybe they could find a home in Stonehold. Well, <laughs> my initial discussions at peace uh, were not necessarily met with the uh, most of cooperation. Yes, but uh, I mean, maybe they would like to return to to a warmer clime. I uh, do. Do you speak their language? Because I don't. I did learn once something once in a bar, but I don't think it will apply here. Cambola uh, Ash. <laughs> I think that's a. I think that's an insult. Maybe That's not how say one that. usually learns the net language, right? Insults first. <laughs> I mean, I suppose if I suppose if you point to yourself when you say it, you could get a laugh. Maybe uh, the person who pointed at me when they said it, they were having a laugh. Right. I I don't know that that particular phrase will help with our negotiation, but I appreciate the input. Right. Um, any other thoughts? <laughs> I say we double back and go through Swordgrave. 
I don't know what you all think. It's dangerous either way. Right. <laughs> well, either way, I believe that we'll need to get this horse and I don't know about trying to lead horses through Swordgrave. I'll look over towards it and uh, how well does the ground appear from what we can see of uh, Swordgrave? Well, you can't see Swordgrave from here. Oh, okay. Um, you'd, you'd passed beyond it I, yesterday. I you, you was there about midday um, and you traveled all day to here. So um, you can't see anything from here. But how well do we recall the ground looking? Uh, back there? Mm-hmm. Uh, not nearly as bad as it is here, that's for sure. Um, but still, there's there's a tremendous... I mean, these to be clear, like these are impassable mountains unless you're in the pass itself. Otherwise, you will careen and meet an untimely death as you bounce off the side of a mountain 100 feet down below. Um so to clarify here, mm-hmm. Swordgrave is not part of Stoneberry Pass. It is an offshoot. It is not a pass. That well, you don't know that, uh, but okay. you can certainly infer that if you like. If you recall, uh, Keegan had pointed out a place where the path kind of splits off. Mm-hmm. Um, that's about it. I mean, maybe this leads to wherever they live as opposed to the actual valley. Uh, can we at least figure that out from them? See if we're heading in the right direction? Yeah, if, if you can... Keegan, if you can still speak with them, just tell them. We just want to go to, to the Happy Valley and then back. We, we, don't, we don't have any interest in staying in their lands. It's just a, a journey through and back. Uh, I, I, will, I will attempt to convey this point. Right, and, and if you could let them know that it was unexpected. Just there and back again. Mm-hmm. A journey. So, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, they, they, they kind of, they, they speak kind of in broken, in, they're bro- broken all at this point. They're kind of talking with you. They're, they're asking you, they said, um, at first it sounds like have, it says, have you split your first log is like the first is what it kind of translates to for a moment until they kind of clarify. And they say that in, and they say, basically, have you, have you earned your sword? Are you a Thane? They say very clearly, are you a Thane? Uh, oh, and King which, does. Oh. Which now I'll clarify this. Um, anyone here, is anyone here an aristocrat yeah. or a burger? I'm a burger. Uh, so you know immediately, like, Thane translates into knight. Yeah, and he goes, oh. I'm a Redding. <laughs> they, we are they, many they, things. They go on to, they, he goes on to explain, and he says that, um, in, and once again, I'm broken all. I'm not speaking as, right, right. I'm just kind of communicating what they're saying. Right. Um, they say that only Thanes have earned the right to pass beyond snow, to, to go beyond the pass. Hmm. If you've not earned your sword, you cannot pass. And Keegan conveys this back to the group. Uh, you don't happen to be a knight. 
As I uh, look towards Tuck. Tuck's not here. Phineas. Not Tuck, you mean uh, Phineas. Phineas. Phineas, okay. Oh, he, uh, uh, no. He says, kind of pausing, clearly hiding something. And I look at his no boots. Question. There's no his... spurs on him at all. Okay. Do you have a skill rank in warfare? Does I anyone? don't think so. <laughs> uh, I, I don't check. think it does. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh-uh. I could roll it and attempt a uh, flip to fail. So if you had a skill rank, it allow you to acknowledge it. Uh, you can't yeah. just make a skill test, though, based on a, no, on a, on a, on a narrative prompt. Yeah. You know? No, um, I don't have it. <laughs> could I use a coin? You could certainly edit the situation. How would you like to edit it? Huh. Um, I don't. I don't know of a way that we could edit that that would make sense though. Mm. I'm trying to think. Let me give me a second to be creative. Ah, ah, Could it be potentially that at some point Keegan was traded around inside of like different knighthoods as he was a valet and he trained occasionally with somebody who was military minded and maybe he might be able to pick up on some of the traits. The military man would have. Yeah, absolutely. Let's move one of those coins from the team pool into my pool. Um, yes, absolutely. And you notice that the side of Phineas's boots are well worn behind the heel, um, and you could see that there are little brass tack holes on either side where spurs would be would sit inside of it. And you had this like moment, I believe. I think I think it was actually Nick, like maybe a couple sessions ago, where there was kind of maybe an inference that. Phineas may be a knight because the way Tuck and Aaron and Aaron were talking to him. Um, but yeah, Keegan, like without a doubt, as you look down, as you spin that coin to edit situation, um, you immediately realize that the side of his boots, although they're caked in snow, um, you can see where the, where he's either wearing a knight's boots or he was a knight. <clears throat> well, and considering how much I've seen him walk, I'll assume that those shoes probably fit him quite well. So, <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, so Keegan goes, uh, well, it, it, it's it's quite the shame that you say that, Phineas. You know, uh, this, this could get us out of a situation, even if you only say in the past might have been called that. And he just kind of looks at him. His eyes kind of dart back and forth for a moment. And he says, I, not anymore, he, he clarifies. No night any longer. <clears throat> but I don't know what that has to do with the situation here. Well, uh, they state that if we have someone who has earned that rank, not necessarily that they have it still, but they did state that has earned that rank, we could pass through the lands. So what should I say to them then? He says to Keegan. I have been a thane. I, I suppose that would work, right? Yes, yes, tell them, tell them, he says. I'll walk with you. Or I'll stand uh, so, uh, so Keegan, you know, since they've mentioned the whole saying thing, like he makes it a point to go back to Phineas and he, he kind of bows to him like he would if he was actually like his valet and everything. And he presents him like he, he kind of pulls him forward and presents him and he, he goes, Thane. Uh, and he, he kind of gestures like grandly towards him. Uh, Phineas kind of, he, he kind of does this bear's hand over his heart and he kind of raises his fist into the air. And the, the, the three kind of looked toward one another again and and they said, We don't believe you <laughs> is what they is their response. And they and they, and they go on to say that um, 
you know, only those who have, who have, you know, well, broken roughly have earned their spurs, or in this case, split a trunk, um, who's a thane will be allowed in McTiernan's land. Um, otherwise, you need to prove yourself if you're going to pass through here. We can't just let you go. Hmm. How does, and, how does how does one prove themselves? Keegan steps back for a moment. He goes, um, "Osbert, <clears throat> you you are quite the storyteller. Not myself. <laughs> Proof, you say? Is there a trial? <laughs> how can we prove ourselves?" And Keegan kind of translates uh-huh. somewhat. <laughs> they they look toward one another, and you can hear them kind of laugh for a moment and and they go back and they turn around and they put their swords into the into the snow because they realize that they've kind of got a tiger by its toe at this point um and and they they say um bring us a tuft of fur from moss among her roots show us that you are indeed a knight Huh. What? I I don't what oh. my guess is what? that they're trying to send us after some sort of uh creature. Where? <laughs> well wouldn't be a trial if they told us how to do it. What is it? That doesn't Yes it. What is it? Yes it. What is it? That's good. I'll accept that one. Um, they they kind of return back and they say, "Moss among her roots wanders where the swords are buried." Oh uh, well, uh, that seems opportune, doesn't it? Very well. Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. <laughs> so uh, Keegan leans to to Phineas and goes, "If if you're to be on night, you need to be the one to accept this." He, uh, he kinda, we'll all be knights he, by the time we come back here. <laughs> he, sh- he shakes his head and shoulders and says, I'm no knight. I've explained this. Uh, Keegan just shrugs at this point. Uh, whatever. And, and he goes, I, I suppose you've heard what our next thing is to do, right? Uh, unless someone has another idea, Osbert. He looks panicked because he feels like he's had to make too many decisions right at this moment. And anxiety well, if we, is taking if we over. had the Japes' way, we would be halfway down this hill uh, with our with knives halfway up our bellies, right, Osbert? <laughs> well, I see that I I, I try to deny our I tried to deny our group a a, a glorious story. And it's come back to bite me. I should have known that I should have taken that trail. But we have a second chance. We'll huh. see what's up there. We'll catch this cat by the tail. Well, I I think that this is a, a, a great outcome compared to what we were faced with just a few moments ago. I mean, imagine mm-hmm. the next group of people we come across trying to talk to them peacefully while covered in viscera. <laughs> I just want to know what the hell a moss among her roots is. Yes, I couldn't tell if it was some sort of creature, but, uh, 
plant or conquest? By the wording, I assume something female, but other than that, I've got nothing. I suspect it, it'd be something that we'd know it when we saw it. Uh, but it doesn't can't hurt for you to ask them to describe it. Yeah. Keegan tries to see if they'll give any more information about what it is, other than where it resides. They say that they 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 begin to describe in Keegan. You're kind of you can see Keegan kind of nodding his head as as they're describing it. And there's this. You're getting. You're not really sure precisely what they're trying to say, but what you gather is that she's very very large, very very old, has antlers on her head, shambles about sword grave, and has teeth the length of a man's leg. They say to snatch a tuft of her fur is uh, only an only a thane can do. Um, and he describes all this back, and he goes, uh, "I have no idea." But there you go. That's uh, that, that's what I can gather from what they stated. Well, I hope that they don't expect us all to each have a tuft. Uh, I I think only our thane needs to have a tuft. I'm no Thane, Phineas says. Yes, I know. You like to yell that quite a bit. Uh, someone will be, then, by the time we, we retrieve this item. Whoever grabs it and runs away the fastest will be the Thane. <laughs> if, we're, if we're to rule over Stonehold, why can't we all be knights? Well, then we can or each Thanes. try to grab our tough. Uh, right. Thanes. Well... If it's a person that uh, that are adorned with these things, that'd be the interesting. The teeth sound a bit odd for a person, if you will. Yeah, also yeah. The but, size they describe. Well, I've seen people wearing antlers, and I've seen all you see sorts them, of... You see them gesticulate like this, like big. Oh. Looking toward Jazz the, hands. Looking toward the sky <laughs> as their hands are kind of opening like... Interpretive dance. Very, very big. <laughs> mm. They keep looking up and up. They're trying to just trying to basically communicate and broken all like Moss among her roots is big. I I do think though that this might be uh, discretionary if I'm not mistaken. As in, maybe we don't have to kill this thing or even come to blows with it, but instead uh, simply retrieve. Do you think this is some sort of beast? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, teeth, very large antlers? I assume so, yes. I well, could be wrong. <laughs> I think we have a challenge ahead of ourselves, brother. I look uh, forward to it. Then just I'll, I'll look at the clumsy and say, perhaps this one we shouldn't start with the violence option. <laughs> We'll know when we get closer. Yes, we'll know what but, to do. but uh, I have a feeling that if if I mess this up, it will quickly resort to it. Mm-hmm. Such is the way of things. This is the way. At least it's not you, right? <laughs> <laughs> so so I, you, I make a very loud, audible gulp. <laughs> what do you all want to do from here? You want to pack We're going to head back down the mountain towards Swordgrave. Okay. Um, <laughs> Can Keegan take the time to cook while we're finishing packing up? 
Uh, probably, sure. Why not? Okay. One of these days, I'm going to get this to work. Uh, standard difficulty, or uh, you are in a rush, obviously, because you're potentially facing being cut down by a bunch of people you don't know. So it's going to be a challenging test. I actually have a fairly good survival. Plot hook enabled. Who put that in chat? <laughs> okay, I rolled. You rolled forty-five out of fifty. Nice. Hey. So yeah, everybody Everybody's... moves up one step of the damage condition track and remove goes to what? Imperiled? Is that unhindered? Sorry, nice. Unhindered. Unhindered. Yep, yep. So let's take a quick break and and for our listeners, we'll be right back. But for us, we'll take a <laughs> ten minute break. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay, so um we're back, obviously. Um so you turn around and pack your things and eat the feast or famine from Keegan and Coventry. And you start to head back toward um, Swordgrave. And you know that this is it's mostly downhill, which is good, but it's still pretty rugged terrain. Um, and you know you won't make it there until about mid to late day. So your trip back down the hill is going to be a standard toughness or standard survival. It's up to you. On our way down, uh, this just kind of occurred to me today. Um, but uh, we hadn't run into any snowberries, and I want to be on the lookout for those, if they exist. For snowberries? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead and make a um, make a um, routine survival test for that. Okay. Oh, Calvin, <laughs> critical failure. Oh, what was the What was the rating on the survival test? I misrolled. I still had it on hard. It was was it still on hard? Standard. Oh, okay. So I passed that. And then um and then you said routine for the other one. Yeah. Oh man. I got some rolls going on tonight. Huh. We're going okay. down down. So yeah. I roll I did not succeed. Yeah. Well, raise your hand if you just failed. I th- Osborne, I think you failed. Uh, I roll. I I rolled as hard. You had the wrong difficulty. <gasps> yeah, oh. I had the wrong difficulty. Okay, so I, I would have passed if it okay. was standard. Well, we got a crit success and a crit failure, <laughs> <laughs> and um, we 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 have a couple choices here. Um, we can either contextualize the crit success and treat the crit failure as a crit failure, or you can just simply wash them away and treat them as, treat the crit failure as a regular failure, assuming that Keegan kind of comforts you along the way. Sure. I Help mean, you. whatever Keegan yeah, decides. Yeah, I, I think Keegan would be more apt to help Calvin when he sees he's having problems. Yeah. So we'll allow you to at least kind of, he'll, Calvin will treat it as a failure as opposed to a crit failure instead. Oh. Um, and that's 17 physical peril. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Oh man, you're rolling rocks tonight. Uh, man, oh, man. I, I am. Glad I don't if it was critical, right? Oh man, let's find out. I'm just kind of curious now. Uh, Watch ten. Right, one more. Uh, Twenty-one. You know, no big deal. Uh, this is yeah. 21? So it's a it's a pretty it's a it's a it's a pretty um, difficult road. Oh yeah. Um, even going back down through the Horn Society. Um, if you would, Kay, uh, do me a favor here. And mm-hmm. let's create like a little 
distance thing between one end of the snow bear pass and the other. Let's make that um, three days of travel. So if you just like, we kind of put it as like three days of travel through there, so we have a, a kind of a quick memory of what it may be. We need to reference the map again. Um, so yeah, by the time the sun sets and you get back kind of where you had settled originally, where you had built your fire, um, uh, you're near Swordgrave, and it's not quite nightfall yet, uh, but you can see where the path veers off north through the mountains, and of course you can see the, the broken shadows of the, of the, the swords kind of peppered here and there in the ground and mingled with the snow and the rock. Do you want to camp here for the night and then go up there? What would you like to do? Uh, I think we should probably just camp here. Get a fresh start in the morning. Okay. Hmm. I can agree with that. Well, the the next the next day comes. Um, Osborne, I meant to ask you: Did you roll a successful survival test to find snowberries? I did not. I, didn't, I failed. I didn't that. think so. Um, when you wake in the next morning, there's a light snow coming down, um, and it's a little chilly, a little cold. Uh, you all awaken to imperiled, unless you wish to spend a coin to awaken to unhindered. Nope. Okay. Um, it's a very light snow. It's big, fat, wet snowflakes, right? The ones that you kind of eh, put on your tongue. They feel wet and fat on your forehead. They kind of melt down. Um, it's not like it's like super, super cold. It's like sub-zero temperatures. Um, but it's still warm enough in places where the snow doesn't really readily connect or collect in, in here and there. Other than that, like the when the wind comes here is what really basically hardens the snow. So you pack your things up and at this point you can get on horseback, by the way. Um, and you begin to head towards Swordgrave. And, and, and it seems to, um, there's these, this like broken valley of gray stone and these, this open broad field where, I mean, literally hundreds upon thousands of swords um, have been plunged into the earth and left here over time to rot, to age, to rust, to break, others to petrify. Blades of various make, um, some you don't recognize, others appear to be Aridane in nature. Um, but there's no telling how long swords have been placed here in these fields of, this field of swords. You're not really sure for how long it's been here, but I mean, it could have been hundreds of years um, some swords look so brittle as you approach that they kind of waver in the wind and almost threaten to crumble to dust um, some are even broken into pieces and have kind of turned basically they've rusted out and turned to bits of petrified stone it's quite a sight to behold in fact um, and there's this weird wind that seems to pass through here, almost catching off of the blades, half of them kind of risen out of the earth. And they're all, some are struck at, some are stuck in the earth at like waist height. Some are all the way into the soil. Like if you were to bury it completely in the earth. Um, but it looks like these swords of, you know, hundreds of thousands upon swords have been placed here and you walk gingerly between them upon horseback 
as some of them break as you walk, as you're on horseback walking along. And that wind kind of catches off all the edges of the blades and makes this weird kind of cacophony of sounds. Like it's really haunting, in fact. Um, and, and as you're kind of moving through here, you all need to attempt to withstand stress. So it's going to be a routine resolve test. Uh, good bit of saber rattling in order to make us scared, huh? Or stressed out. You uh, said r routine? That's right. Crit success. Nice. <laughs> we got a lot of crits tonight. Crit, 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 crit. Oh, everybody made it. Okay. Well, none of you were unnerved. Um, and I think because, Osbert, you made yours a crit success, let's go ahead and move my coin down into your pool. Mm. Why not? If someone wants to take care of that. Um, we'll move my coin into your team pool. I can't control the coins anymore for some reason. So you can't control the coins anymore. I'll fix it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you kind of steal yourselves <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. in the middle of Sword Grave, and it is the it is really strange to see this. Like it's as far as your eye can see in this kind of like low stone bowl of a field. Like there's all these swords peppered here and there in the earth. And you kind of pause, you're kind of amid them, just kind of looking around at this point. And, and Phineas is like, I don't quite know what we're looking for, but this place is rather eerie. Well, I suppose we look for Atlas. Um, but, you know, if this thing does move about, it would lead tracks. Hmm. Um, so I still don't know if we're looking for a tree or a beast, but we could at least keep an eye out with, for some form of tracks. No? Sense? Mm-hmm. Any tracks that would be coming through here would be covered by snow pretty quickly, so if we did find any, we would be on quite the warm trail, mm -hmm. I imagine. Yes. Uh, so I'll, uh, start to look about for tracks. Okay. So you start to scout out Swordgrave looking for any sort of visible tracks, looking for something obviously big. And, um, go ahead and make a, an easy survival test, Collinsworth. And then... Okay. Osbert, I like for you to roll one d six. Yeah, Chaos and I would nine. like to help yeah. my brother as much as possible with assisting okay. him. Okay. Uh, how so, flavor wise? Well, as always, the super reading brothers. We search mm -hmm. for tracks and such together. We uh, cover each other's backs and cover each other's tracks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Front, my back. <laughs> I follow each other's tracks. <laughs> mm -hmm. That song did not end that way, I don't think. No. <laughs> All right. Come on, brother. Roll a four. 
Oh, yes, that's right. I need to roll my d10. Roll your d10. We'll see what happens. A seven. Sorry. Well, you you (laughs) all wander through these fields around Swordgrave, passing through these blankets of mist um, and coming up on what looks like remnants and ruins of like old shattered archways. It's very weird. Um, and all these swords pepper everything. Um, like It's like some great graveyard where people had placed their... Either, you're not sure if you're walking on top of the graves of the dead. Um, judging by the fact this is all made of like these rough rocks, it had to be buried beneath it all, which seems almost impossible. Um, or perhaps the swords were placed here in reverence to something, or maybe they were surrendered. You're not really sure. But you can see remnants of buildings here and there. And every once in a while, often, like, rock and scree will tumble down somewhere out in the distance. Um, imagine something like Dark Souls, like, where you hear those streets. I was about to say, I was like, man, we're, we're playing Demon Souls. <laughs> That's right. Um, you can hear these strange kind of tumblings of rock. And, and, your, and your, the hackles on the back of your neck are standing up, but you manage to steal yourselves um, from the stress against this place. And that's when you see it about four hours later, Collinsworth, um, you find these tracks, but they are really weird. Um, they, at first you thought it was just an indentation of the snow where you had passed through before. Um, but then you realize that there are these tracks about, about the span of, 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 um, of your forearm. Um, about, you know, diameter of about like what, called 26 inches. Um, you see these tracks, they look like giant six fingered handprints that are amid the snow. And they're not perfect because they've been walking amid rock. And you could see where the fingertips have been basically walking amid the swords. But these, it looks like giant handprints. Like they're not, like I said, they're not perfect. Sometimes they're like, if you were to kind of like put your hand in the snow, it's just your fingertips. And sometimes they're flat and it's the strangest thing you've ever seen. Uh, these tracks are really weird. And it's when he says that he kind of like catches himself and kind of looks a little confused and says, they're strange. Didn't know that we were looking for a six-fingered man. Well, what would we say to this thing? Hello, I am Calvin Redding. Prepare to die. Good thing we we know what happened to our father. Mm-hmm. Once oh. again, could I please reiterate? I don't think we need to kill. Just mm. yes, stating yes. that. Uh, I would I would agree with such a an endeavor. Because if this is an animal or a beast, I've never heard of anything of its like. Hmm. This is no mere animal, I don't think. Unless it's some sort of massive... I mean... Hmm. I don't think we should dither too long on this. Let's just follow the trail. It's going to go cold if we if we wait any longer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very well, cold. very well. Um... <laughs> Just 
Should we spot it? Let's try and not spook it. I think I have an idea. Well, I mean, I think I above board have an idea. So don't, um, just ignore me. So you, you begin to follow Collinsworth. Um, and these tracks are unmistakable and very strange and big, really, really big. Um, and you pause for a moment and this wind kind of comes down into the valley and all the swords almost seem to sing with the sound of the wind as they're making these sort of sound as the metal is shivering in the cold and it kind of dies down as quickly as it kind of rises. And you press further in past these pockets of mist until you see the remnants of this old massive stone complex is the best way to describe it that's been hewn into the side of the mountain you see this single massive large archway um, that would be about the height of what you would find in Stonehold and this castle keep has been hewn into the side of the mountain and this large yawning dark cavern beyond the archway um, seems to have this odd low excuse me din of sound um, this low rumble of a sort and as you are kind of here where you're at um, outside the cave are hundreds of bones skulls, femurs broken rib cages picked free of any armor or leather or clothing left to bleach in the sun bone white broken mandibles, broken teeth broken jaws, broken skulls bits of bone in various sizes shapes and age, some yellow some white, some gray, some mistaken for the stone around here itself and the swords uh arranged as they have been, almost seem to form this half circle in front of it. They just kind of stop. Almost as though they're all, all the swords in this valley were laying in tribute to this great cavern complex. Hmm. And it, 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 it's very, very strange. Phineas stammers. So I imagine what we're looking for is in here. Hmm. Remember what I said. We'd know it when we saw it. This is definitely noteworthy. Yes, well, <clears throat> if I am to get some moss from its roots, just remember, no... No scaring it. I want to be in and out. Hmm. You want to go in there? Well, if you are, if you are to call it out, it would, uh, either way, it would seem aggressive. Because if you go into where its home is, it'll be cornered. Right. 
I think I have a better plan. But what do you think, Calvin? You seem to be thinking about some sort of plan you had. I was hoping for different circumstances, but um, hmm. I mean, hmm. Here's here's what I think. I first I look around. I I, I want to know if this is even an option. Is is there any vegetation of any sort? Is there trees or anything like that that we could use? Oh goodness, no. Okay. Um. Well, uh, we could use what firewood we have to build a fire at the entrance of this cave, and uh fan the flames and build the fire in such a way that a lot of smoke would be would build up and we could flush it out with fire it as it, be- and as it approaches us we could you know have a few chances to bring it down with our guns uh, have you not been listening to anything i've said you want to sneak in there and grab a tuft of its hair it does it uh, I want to be very clear. I've said multiple times over and over again, I, I do not wish to get in a fight with this. Now, smoking it out would, would, would only stress it out, mm-hmm. and, it would, and it would be hostile. Looking about here, we see bones. And I, I, I would hate to, to think that it merely killed and left things out here. I mean, these bones look as if they've been tossed out. So I would imagine that it eats some form of meat. Mm-hmm. The operative term, M-E. <laughs> Eat um, me. <laughs> so here's another thought. If this thing goes ranging for meat, it eventually will have to leave its lair. When it's left, we could go inside and see if we could find some a tuft of fur. Perhaps That's, it had left something behind. That is most likely the smartest endeavor. Uh, however, if we are on a time frame, and I believe we are already a bit behind, we may need to have a uh, a shorter alternative. Um, I I wish... Are these all people? Um, I start to look among the bones. Probably. Mostly. Sure. Yeah, it appears to be so. (laughs) Uh, we could ask the doctor to confirm. I, I don't know about you, but I don't know anatomy as well as he might. Well, doctor, are these all human? I, um, well, uh, hmm, he says he pulls out this telescoping wand and he kind of taps at some of the bones. Mostly, I think. Yes, I think so, at least from here. I don't think I'm going to be digging around a grave like that, though. But from here, sure. Sure, they look look like uh, bones. People, yes. Excuse me. Ah. 
Well, I was thinking that we could offer up some sort of food on the doorstep of this cave. It seems a very good chance, considering where we're standing, we might already be doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Well, Well, you are the beast expert, brother, so I will... Yes, one thing I I know Hmm? is that even though predators can normally smell things outside of its cave, there's nothing quite like smelling something that is alive versus something that has been opened up. Uh, So, you know, I found that I was able to get some better attention from Hobbs for a fish that had been gutted versus one that's swimming in the river. Uh, I don't take your meaning. Uh. Well, what do we have in our foodstuffs um, as I start to look through for anything that's meat-oriented? Oat, salt, and meat. Um, spoiled milk. <laughs> Commentary says. All salt and meat. All salt and meats fit for travel. Yes. That doesn't have as much of a succulent scent. I suppose... You hear this clattering coming from inside. Hmm. It's a rattling sound. I want to pick up a pebble. Okay. You got it. I say we hide <laughs> and watch the entrance, see what happens. I don't like the sound of that. Yes, let's do that. You um, go sneaky sneaky around. Uh... You all may make a secret stealth test. Secret stealth test. <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> hmm. huh. That's a roll Prince 20 giveth and roll 20, 20 take taketh away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you all kind of managed to get where you need to get to and um osbert you feel pretty confident at this point (laughs) that you are in fact hidden because you see some shapes shambling around in the shadows and they seem to turn toward the mouth of this cave complex to where all the bones are in the figure that's kind of man-sized figure turns about and descends back into the darkness and the sound of the rattling stops as they proceed back into it Hmm. well it wasn't six spans tall or whatever they said it was interesting I'm sorry I didn't get a good look what was that there was something that went down into the cavern. Did you not see it? No, no, I didn't. Are we sure that that's what we're looking for? 
I mean, well, this guys... is where the giant footprints led to, right? Someone is going down there. Well, maybe the creature is attended to. Well, we could always go down. If someone's going down there, they'd provide a distraction. So My you first wish thought. to follow? Hmm. What do you think? If you want us to go, then we go. <laughs> okay, we'll go then. Lead the way. Uh, no, no, I think I will. Okay, brother. You're going to walk into, walk inside? Just mm -hmm. clear. Okay. Yeah, we're going to walk down to Electric Avenue. As you approach the the cavern um, entrance and you step inside, you can tell you are not the only ones who have trespassed beyond this archway because when you step inside, the cold wind from outside kind of dies down and there's just kind of this low rumbling din of, of sound within. And you can see that there are these skeletons of people leaning against the wall in various states of um, violent conflict. Bones and swords and shattered shields are at the foot of it. And you're kind of moving among bones and they kind of sound like wood hitting the earth as you're kind of rattling beneath your boots and your feet as you were pressing inside. Um, and your eyes adjust to the darkness. Um, as you can see, as you turn back toward the mouth of the cave and that kind of like large kind of half archway circle, you can see Swordgrave beyond and the massive pile of bones that have been tossed out here, maybe. Um, but as you're, you're, as you're kind of pressing deeper inside this cavern until you turn this kind of wicked corner um, you are immediately kind of stunned by what you see as there are these two there's this clattering at first um, and you can see this low burning but looks like a low burning bonfire perhaps and you're immediately struck with horror. Standing near the fire are are not the are not men, but bones, skeletons, bearing red shrouds upon their shoulders, awoken from the dead and forced to walk through some strange, cruel magic. And the head kind of turns about with no lower jaw toward you, and there are these two baleful burning pinpricks of light coming from inside the skull. And we will stop here for the night and continue next week uh, on Desperation Point. Um, <laughs> so I think we played from what? Uh, 8 o'clock until 10.30. So yeah, so it's uh, 75 reward points, right? 8 to 9. Wait, 8 to 9, 9 to 10. Yeah, 75 reward points. Oh, we have enough to buy because Nino Nick's paying attention. Are we, do we have enough to buy a uh, advance in our? Well, we're not two hundred. Um, remember, uh, we still need to conclude the session. So let's talk about what happened tonight. Like, 
um, obviously uh, you've kind of with the intention to pass through the mountains to get to the other side, to get to the happy Valley. Um, some things happen and led you back here. Um, now faced with whatever horrors is found within. Um, maybe we just kind of go around the table and talk about like how the story may have impacted your character tonight or what, what happened to you like from your character's perspective, like what, how did the story change their line of thinking? How did it impact what they're doing? Uh, you know, it come, turns more into for uh, Collinsworth that these adventures are not um, full of high moments and thrills. And they're quite boring and miserable. They're boring? Um, well, you know, like not that last part, right? You know, of course that last part's exciting. But, you know, to trudge through three days in the mountain, you know, mm-hmm. like, and to be cold the whole time and to not get a good night's rest and be cranky and stressful, you know, it's just like all of that. It's, it's really hard to continue to try and like see that wonder. You don't, you don't read about the trudging, you know, three days through the cold, snowy mountains in the Penny Dreadfuls that you've read as a child. <laughs> right. No, he did not read Tolkien. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. <laughs> Tolkien, a story of walking. And there's yeah, a yeah. ring or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's just like yeah, it's it's really difficult. Um and yeah, so that's like the biggest thing that's hitting him right now is just that these things are not always going out the way you planned and then um you know coming across those people why surely if we could just like let them know no we're not gonna stay we just need to do this because we're supposed to that's not enough for for other people um you know so finally given an opportunity to um prove himself though and with you know potentially like some sort of animal or beast, which he's felt like a strong pull to more so than people even. Um, his, his hope has risen back up. But his hopes may be dashed. We'll find out next week. <laughs> Who else? Uh, I guess I can do Keegan. Um, so Keegan feels a little less, um, I don't know if it's guilty, but guilt by association is kind of what it is. Because some of the stuff that Osbert has decided has not necessarily sat on his conscience the, the best. So um, he feels better that he actually, instead of like charging down the mountain and going after those guys, he got a chance to actually try to do something. Um, not as confrontational. So he's kind of proud of himself, but of course, like right after, has a mini panic attack and realizing that he's taking some responsibility and doesn't like that. Uh, but I would say that was his biggest thing. So. I think uh, in the moment where Phineas kind of tempted Osbert to go up the... Uh, the trail to Swordgrave, and he kind of backed down. Um, 
and then it it is just kind of interesting how he ended up coming back to where he was and i think it kind of reinforces uh osbert's uh um kind of sense of destiny where he was kind of offered this you know chance at glory and he denied himself but in the end he just ended up coming back to where he was so um that may be somewhat coloring his decision to make kind of these rash rash decisions because it's a chance to become a thane so to speak um make a name for himself in the north and uh, give some legitimacy to their uh claim to to um stonehold so i think that you know having a chance at you know being a a legit leader is <laughs> something that he's thinking about. It's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. good. Uh, with Calvin, um, I mean, he's kind of like this game session, since I had all those new spells, I was uh, <laughs> tempted to use a lot of them, but like, I feel like with great, you know, power comes great responsibility. So <laughs> like he doesn't want to, like get off on a bad foot with a lot of bad with people expect so and he doesn't know like and i definitely down the south you know throwing magic around is is definitely like frowned upon and he would feel like up here in the north it would be even more so so he's probably going to try to be even more cautious about when he does it now when you know stuff hits the fan uh yeah it'll be interesting to see uh how it all plays out but um right yeah, I'm looking forward to potentially using these powers. It's just I want to make sure that they're used in an interesting way and not just being like, oh, I thunderclapped them off the side of a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's fun. That's fun. Well, let's put the 50 reward points. Um, I mean, I think I think it's always important to remember, you know, like obviously like we we see the story push forward and stuff. We also have to remember that our characters are at the center of it. So having those, pers- those characters' personalities come out is still as important as the story. Um, you know, we didn't have a chance to play that long tonight, but I think that this is one thing to remember um, is that our characters are still within the story, still operators within it. And that, you know, their personalities still matter. So that's kind of the purpose of this kind of post post game uh, ritual is to talk about like, you know, how, how things have, are going for them. Talk about kind of what's going on in their minds, like what's kind of behind the scenes, so to speak. Um, to let knowledge just, you know, to kind of talk a lot about what happened, you know, but also for other players to have some insight as about what's happening in their mind too. Um, obviously now that we switched over to intermediate tier, it's kind of a whole new you, right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause we think we, we switched last game session where, you know, Osbert went from Jester to Nomad, Collinsworth went from Animal Tamer to Badlander, to Trapper or Badlander. I can't remember. Trapper. Trapper. Oh, it was Trapper? Nice. Yeah. Calvin went from Hedgewise to Elementalist. He went from Servant to Camp Follower. And we're seeing some of these things start to come out now, which is great. Um, it's important. So um, there's no there's no conflict tonight, which is good. Um, <laughs> so you may go up once you may go up one rank in 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 belief or one rank in flaw. It's up to you. You get to choose. Um, but other than that, I think we'll wrap up for this game session. Uh, we'll continue next week. We'll pick up right where we left off. Um, where you saw the reanimated skeletons <laughs> and uh, see what happens. So um, thank you all for listening. Thank you for playing people, y'all, you people. 
I say you people, we've been playing together forever. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> thank you to our listeners uh, and patrons for tuning in, obviously, to Desperation Point. Um, you know, once again, uh, zero GM prep. Every session, no prep whatsoever. I literally walked in off the street and we started playing. Uh, and same for everybody else. So um, we're just kind of going with the flow, see what happens. Um, our map is slowly developing. We'll need to probably share it out again soon uh, from Roll20. We've got a few new locations on it now, which is great. Um, but uh, yeah, go out there and support us. Uh, Grim Parallel Studios has our own Patreon at, uh, at uh, patreon.zvinder.game. Give, give Check it out. Um, help help them. Um, we'll be probably be using these uh, episodes once your sessions. Sorry, once again to show off some of Flames of Freedom how it intermingles with the Vihander. But uh, until next week, uh, keep on keep on rolling natural twenties. Not roll natural twenties. We're talking about twenty twenty game. Keep rolling critical successes. Yes, and feel the flames of freedom. And feel the flames of freedom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your Grim Perilous tail hangs in the balance. Um, see y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye. I like how we wave. Free. I know it's weird. Bye. It's Bye. forced to have it. I always do it. Yeah, me too. I'm like, oh, what? What was that? Weird.